The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. If you want your own podcast, you can go to pod617.com to get started. It's the Boston Podcast Network. It's what we do out of our Westwood Mass studios or anywhere around the globe using that remote thing. And which is what we're using today to speak to our guests. So with me in the virtual studios is Dr. Ruby Gibson, and she's going to tell us all about somatic archaeology, which is a cool concept that I have never heard of, and thank God she's here to tell us about it because I wouldn't know where to begin. Here she is. Let's welcome Dr. Ruby to the virtual studios. Crowd's, crowd is on their feet, Dr. Ruby. How, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on your show. Where, forgive me, but where are you geographically now? Right now I'm in Denver, Colorado. Okay. I've but I was born in Springfield. In Springfield, Mass. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, terrific. Now, part of what you do, your heritage is kind of a big part of what you do, right? So tell yes. me tell me about that. I have lineage in Lakota and Ojibwe tribes. Mm-hmm. And and then the other half of me is Mediterranean. Oh, okay. Yes. So I'm kind of a mixed blood person, but I came up with these ideas and I have been playing with Native American colleagues and friends for the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. So... I've worked my way here. For sure, yeah. So this interests me a lot. I had a, a grandmother who was very into tracing back lineage and things like that. She claimed that we were maybe one-twelfth Native American, but but she also claimed she could trace us back to Miles Standish coming off the Mayflower there or whatever, or whatever ship he was on. So... We never really got the whole story, but I, but I, but I like the. It's it's fascinating if you've never tried anyone out there. If you've ever tried to trace your family tree, it's it's become a lot easier now with all these tools, of course, and it's very cool. But so these, how did that lead you into somatic archaeology? Which, if I get it right, it's it's using some of the the artifacts of the past. And sort of spiritual lineage to kind of figure out who you are today. You can tell me what, well, whether I got that wrong. I probably did, but <laughs> well, for for me personally, I have played with and been in ceremony with a lot of native elders, and a lot of the teachings came to me through those ceremonies. And I think I was born with a mission, and I've been fulfilling that mission my entire life. So since I was the age of 13. 
And I started being interested in healing and I eventually became a doctor and developed somatic archaeology and it's working very well. So tell us, walk us through a little bit how it works. I know there are, it's a multi-part uh, step in following somatic archaeology, but uh, where do we start? We put it on the medicine wheel. And the medicine wheel is kind of an image that displays all of life. It has the four elements, air, fire, water, earth, the four seasons, four kind of uh, life progressions, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and elderhood. It uh, medicine will can be used for many, many purposes. It can be used for healing. It can be used for telling time. It can be used mm. for so many things. And it's the most ancient symbol of all time. I mean, it's been around for a very long time. And so I had studied with a man, Guy Gillishammer, who is a Matee elder, and he began studying the medicine wheel, and we studied it together, and we learned a lot about how life interacts and how you can map that on the medicine wheel. So I took somatic archaeology, and the steps of somatic archaeology didn't just come from my head. They came from watching clients recover And I kept tracking them and they would go through the same steps, different stories, different people, but they would go through the same steps. So the first step that we have them do is notice. We're in the center of the wheel. I notice. I notice what's happening in my life, in my world, in my body. This is what's going on for me. So then we choose one of those things to focus on. And we go to, I sense, and that's to the west of the wheel. And I sense is like, what's happening in my body? Our bodies don't really speak in English. They speak in sensation. So we follow sensation. And sensation ends up teaching us a lot about who we are and how we're managing energy inside of us, how... We've been impacted by others. So we we go through that sensing and we come to the south of the wheel, which is I feel. And there's usually an emotional experience that comes up, something in their bodies talking to them. And then we go up the center of the wheel to the north, and we say, I interpret. So it's like a, it's a bottom up neurophysiological process, starting with noticing, sensing, feeling, and then we interpret. We're not going to notice and interpret. You have to bring your, all that knowledge, that emotional knowledge up because it will define things for us. And then once we interpret it and we have some light bulb moments about what's really going on, we go to the east of the wheel. 
And the east of the wheel is I reconcile. And so who are you when you're not carrying this burden? Or who are you when you're free? Those kind of reconciliation statements people usually come up with. And then we come back to the center of the wheel where we started. What do you notice now? And then they are able to highlight the changes that they feel in their body. So is is your work uh, a result of the of traditional medicine getting it wrong or is it more of a a complement or alternative to it? Oh, well, it's a complement and an alternative. It's with it's more in just for me, it was about observing the body and observing how people were storing information in their body. So if I was I started out as a licensed massage therapist. So as I was working with people and they would say, ouch, it hurts there. Mm -hmm. I would say, go under it, go deeper. And it was those deeper awarenesses that brought these stories that they had been holding into present day. So what are the kind of, give us an example of something that you can help unearthed in, in someone that is particular to somatic archaeology? A lot of people begin by working through childhood issues, the things that happened to them when they were children or even infants, their family situation, their lifestyle. And for us in Native America, there are so many wounded people from 500 years of colonization that they haven't been able to fully recapture or recapture ourselves and find our feet on solid ground because the government keeps changing things. Mm. So if I you want to walk you through a session, yeah, well, <laughs> I want, I'd like you to give me more detail for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see. There there was a, a woman who came in and she had one eye that looked straight and one eye that looked crooked. And I talked to her about it and she goes, well, it's been like this for a long time. I've kind of figured it out, but it bothers me quite a bit. But I figured out how to use it to my advantage. And Okay, so we began to have her feel her eyes, the muscles around her eyes, how her eyes were perceiving information, the right eye versus the left eye. And we began to integrate those two. So feel your right eye, feel your left eye, feel your right eye, feel your left eye. We go back and forth, feel the left side of your brain, the right side of your brain. And she was able to recognize that she was blocking some things that she was not wanting to see. And so mm -hmm. when she finally had this emotional release associated with that, there was a lot of grief in there. And when she released it and she got done with the session, her eyes were perfectly normal, wow. and they've stayed that way ever since. 
So we found that emotional baggage, so to speak, or stuff we've stuffed down inside of us has consequences. And if you release the stuff you stored, Mm-hmm. That it lightens your load and you don't have all of those neurological or somatic pains or tension or, you know, where things are not working correctly. Mm-hmm. And what, I mean, that sounds pretty miraculous the way you worked with that woman. Is that is that something that can really happen that easily or it take many sessions with you or how does that work? That one took one session. Really? <laughs> she must think you're the greatest doctor on the face of the earth, which you are, Dar. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a different way of approaching medicine. Right. And it's very honoring of the person who's receiving it. So it's more about supporting them and listening to them and helping to be creative with all the tools we have. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, we have a 200-hour training program called the Historical Trauma Masterclass, mm-hmm. where we have Native peoples come in and learn it and then go back out into their communities and practice and mm-hmm. and um, share about it. So we're it, planting seeds and hoping mm-hmm. that lot will bloom around them. And I mean, is this, or tell, tell me like your feelings about the traditional medicine and our health system. Is it, is there, is there still a place for that? I mean, it seems like you're healing people in ways that they just can't get from a traditional doctor. Yeah, we, we don't use any medications or anything like that. And I, I think that Western medicine is about kind of trying to mask our symptoms or push them down using pharmaceuticals and creates all sorts of other issues in the body. But in this class, we're not afraid of our emotions. It's a natural part of us. And there aren't many places where you can have an experience with the doctor and be very emotional and have it be helpful, right? Mm. But in our work, that's pretty much all we do. And I certainly have had clients who I've needed to work with. Like there was a, a young man who was gang raped and he was completely frozen and catatonic. And he was working with a psychologist and she had him on some pretty heavy meds, but he would come to see me every other week. And so we went back and forth with him. And the first, I would say, six months, he was curled up in a ball in the corner of the room. And I would just sit by him, talk about things or just be in silence with him. And then eventually, when he felt safe enough, which was important to me, that he found he felt safe with me, that he started to open up and started to share. And then eventually, he was willing to do a session. 
And it took a whole other year to process everything that he had gone through during that rape and the the ways that had changed him. And at the end of two years, that young man got a job, got a girlfriend, learned to play the guitar, and was going on a road trip. Wow. <laughs> Things that were not in his view. And it's mostly being patient with people and really listening to what's happening to them instead of covering it up with a medication. He, he wasn't able to function at all. Mm. And now he's uh, a full... <laughs> Full on. Getting along very well, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what You have a new project that you were telling me about before we started recording. Tell our listeners about that, please. Well, <clears throat> we have a lot of people in our Native American communities that are experiencing historical trauma. And it simply means that the, the generations behind them and and we look at it like this, like we're at an apex. We have seven generations behind us and seven generations ahead of us. And so we sit at the peak of 14 generations. And everything that we do has influence both back and forward. And so our words, our behavior, our choices in life, everything has a consequence to what's going to influence our children and how we're managing healing the wounds of the past because our ancestors were slaughtered and so many people died and it's it's very devastating to to hold that i mean when the government calls genocide on your people then it's there's it's not a battle that you win, but we have still retained our heart, our languages, our people, our traditions. And so we have a base and what to build from. But we have to help everyone get well first so that we're all making good decisions. The the youth suicide rate is off the charts for Native American youth. Mm. And I, I have gone to a school in Montana that was only Native children, and 20% of them had killed themselves wow. via suicide. And there were only 100 students in the school. So that was like a big percentage, 20 people out of 100 died yeah that's tragic and, yeah and i spent a year there and i reworked the entire staff and administration and the teachers because they didn't have any counselors or anyone like that so i became the counselor and then i hired two counselors to bring in i wrote a grant for them so that they could pay them mm. and then i started working with the kids and that year the next year when they graduated there was only one suicide wow 
So it, it makes a difference what we do and how we are and how we communicate and, and if we really listen. So it's, it certainly has been an illuminating journey for me on many, in many ways, but I knew if I put somatic archaeology on the wheel and it held water, that it would work. And it does. It works. Mm -hmm. I've seen it over and over and over for the past 30 years. And it's just pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. We're not curing cancer or, but we can certainly improve everyone's health mental state of mind, addictions, conflicts, depression, anxiety, all those things are easily treated. Mm, mm. And these, those, those are common things that can be debilitating to people, for sure. Well, we're up against the clock a little bit here, but Dr. Ruby, tell people where they can find out about more about what you do. Okay. Well, if you're interested, you can go to Freedom Lodge. Dot org. That's our nonprofit organization, Freedom Lodge, just like it sounds, right. dot org. Right. And it's based in Rapid City, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. In South Dakota, there are nine reservations in that state. So we service a lot of people there. And you can sign up and receive information about everything that we do. You can also go to rubygibson.com, which is my website, personally for me, but I tend to work with the organization. And then we have another website, which is mybodymybreath.org. And it's where we build and work like this is my book you've got the book there yeah. <laughs> get it you can go there oh very good it's called my body the earth the practice of somatic archaeology mm. we've also developed some generational healing cards so we have a number of tools that we offer to people who are interested and we do do an annual training for non-native peoples, mm-hmm. in case any of you are therapists and you're interested in mm, for sure. joining us. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll put all of uh, Dr. Ruby's information in the show notes so you can check them out there. And thanks so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this a little bit, Dr. Ruby. I did. Thank you so much. You're wonderful. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. And if you liked our show, I remind you, go to Apple Podcasts and follow us there. Go to pod617.com if you want your own show. And on behalf of Dr. Ruby and everyone out there, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. If you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Mm